On PPK today, we're going to talk about sacrifice and finding meaning in suffering. But first, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Welcome to uh, another episode of PPK. I'm your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. The middle child, Keone. And your boy Meeks comes from Steubenville, Ohio. All the way from Stoobs. What's up, Meeks? How's it going out there? It's going pretty good. A little chilly. Yeah, a little chilly. Like, uh, is it snowing over there yet? Yeah, it was snowing today a little bit. Some flight. Nice, nice. Well, um, for the listeners and viewers out there, so uh, a couple of these episodes, Miko's obviously back in uh, school mode, so, um, you know, maybe keep him in your prayers as uh, him and his uh, girlfriend Ella start back at Steubenville, um, and so we're going to be doing these podcasts while he's away, um, we're just getting, Skyping him in, so uh, appreciate you guys and your patience there. So what is our topic today, Ken? What are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about um, sacrifice. How can we incorporate that in our life, and also just finding meaning in suffering? I think we all realize, as faithful Christians, that suffering is an inevitable part of our life. Um, but it's finding meaning in that suffering, and how we can go about changing our perspectives as Christians and just in general. Yeah, I think a lot of what we spoke about in the actually really the last couple of episodes was this idea of sacrifice and self-mortification. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to use this as a as an opportunity uh, to just kind of break that open a little bit, our own experience in that. Um, what's what's the meaning of suffering? And I think you bring up a point. Maybe some people think that um, it's an inevitable part of our lives, but a lot of people may have it twisted and think that becoming Catholic Christians means that our life will be free from suffering. And that's not the case at all, right? The cross, the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord um, obviously demonstrates that. And so if we're to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, that implies that we will, um, we will suffer in our lives. But let's, before we, I don't know, do you guys want to dive into kind of the inspiration behind this, um, this at all? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we all got to listen to um, a spiritual father of ours, one that we, we were big fans of, um, the Venerable uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. We all got to uh, listen to one of his talks on his um, on his favorite show. Well, I think it was on Your Life Is Worth Living on the on his TV show, and it was on the devil and the diabolical, mm-hmm. right? And one of the key points of this talk, and I suggest everybody go out there and watch this, was how the devil is anti cross, and that kind of all struck all of us. And he uses the the example of uh, two primary examples, but he refers to Peter in Matthew 16. We should all be familiar with that as Catholics. But, um, you know, when he, Jesus is questioning his disciples, who do they say that I am? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they respond with, you know, some say, you know, John the Baptist. Others say uh, Elijah. Others say one of the other great prophets. And he says, turns to them, who do you say that I am? And, of course, Peter responds on behalf of the, the 12 and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And um, so you think that's a powerful moment for us and a powerful moment for the apostles. And then shortly thereafter, Jesus starts to describe to them how he how that's going to be achieved. Right. That he's going to have to experience suffering and death. And Mm -hmm. Peter's not St. Peter's not having none of that. And um, it's like, no, there's no way. Right. And of course, 
Jesus' response was, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. And um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen talks about how, how in one minute, you know, St. Peter can go from professing something so profound that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, to all of a sudden he's calling you the devil. And we, he talks about this, about being anti-cross, that St. Peter was willing to accept God and his divinity, but he wasn't willing to expect him in his suffering humanity. He wasn't, he wasn't ready to deal with that. And I think that speaks to a lot of what we are challenged with as faithful people. And he also talks about how that's always the devil. The devil, Jesus himself was brought out into the desert, and he was tempted three times by the devil to basically give up the cross. Mm-hmm. Right? So when he, when he tested him, um, in with just, hey, turn these stones into food, when he says, hey, I'll give you all of the world, or when he says, hey, throw yourself down from this cliff and you will be saved, each of those are moments of temptation that the devil's saying, look, I'm going to give you the easy way out. You don't need to suffer, right? You don't need to fast. Just turn this into food. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, don't, you know what? You don't need to be king of the world you, or king of, you know, king of the universe. You can just be king of the world, mm-hmm. right? So there's, he's always bargaining with us, and I think that was something that was an inspiration for all of us. Yeah. I, I know for, I think a, it's just a big message that we lack, I think, in Christian community is the cross part. And a lot of times, I'm sure, I mean, we talked about this a couple of times and we'll talk about it more often, but a lot of times we just have this idea of um, how much God will do for us instead of how much we're doing in order to build our shit with God. And so it seems to be like we're missing that piece a lot of times of what the cross actually is because Christianity isn't a, I mean, it's a joyful journey, but, you know, the, the daily struggles are, are not so joyful that in a way that it seems like that's what we talk about the most, I guess, in Christian communities how joyful our God is and how much he loves us and stuff like that without um, really saying what kind of love that's supposed to be, you know, the sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just think that's, that's a message that, that we miss in today's society a lot. And, and Christianity somehow has kind of lost that, that connotation of, of um, a sacrificial faith and just become, um, or at least media wants it to become a tolerant faith or an intolerant faith instead of it being sacrificial love faith you know we kind of put in these two groups that have nothing to do with our religion but we've let media take that narrative with it and a lot of the christian community has gone with that Mm -hmm. yeah just the idea of taking sacrifice out and focusing on the all-loving god um so i gave a talk today actually um my dad and i just did a retreat and for this talk i gave a talk on the story of israel um and being brought out of egypt and i spent a lot of time meditating on um, Israel being brought out of Egypt. And I was listening specifically to Bishop Robert Barron and his meditation on um, Israel going through the wilderness in the desert, trying to go to the land that was promised to them by God. And he relates it and he asks us to all look at us ourselves and to see ourselves in the story of Israel because that is all referring to us. And what he says is, we are all, if we're baptized, if we're all Christians, we're all striving to free ourselves from slavery, just like the Israelites, from slavery, whether it be our own sins, addictions, vices, whatever that is, we're all trying to strive away from slavery and the bondage of sin. And we're trying to get to heaven. That's the land that is promised. But what the story of Israel tells us is that the only way to get to heaven is to go through the desert first. And then we fast forward to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? 
He says, if you wish to follow me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Mm -hmm. And so I think we miss that part. We think it's all fine and dandy. I gave my, my life to God as my Lord and Savior. Now everything's joyous and I can do everything. And everything's fine because he's there. And I think we often forget, like, no, no, no. As a Christian, it's hard to be Christian, mm-hmm. especially in today's age, because it's anti-cross. Mm-hmm. It's whatever makes you feel comfortable. If you want food right now, Uber eats it. Mm-hmm. If you want food, we got Grubhub. We got DoorDash. You know, and it's whatever makes us feel comfortable. And... um so I think we lack this message, especially within Christian communities, is that if you want to get to heaven, you got to go through the desert first. So I think that's the, the purpose of today is how can we offer little sacrifices in the day? How are we going to get through this journey to get to the promised land? Yeah, one thing to point out, because I think you mentioned that it, you guys are both talking to like the Christian aspect of it. But I think think about our world today. Think about your, your specific generation. What's killing most of our teens today? Number one, be accidents. But the second one is suicide. And so your number two killer of all teens, statistically speaking, is people taking their own life that they don't even feel their life's worth living or they don't even find value in whatever suffering that they may be enduring. And I think Archbishop Fulton Sheen is one of the, the, one of the uh, reflections he said. I think it was like walking through a hospital or something like that. Could have it wrong, but um, I think he said there's so much wasted suffering. And what does he mm-hmm. mean by that is that Um, just like we were sharing with the people today, is that your pain has purpose, your mourning has meaning, that your suffering is salvific if you conform that to the cross. And so I think our goal today, guys, is to talk about, you know, uh, some practical examples of of what sacrifice means. Um, We were going to reflect on, we all, you know, uh, January 13th, um, a lot of men in particular just kicked off Exodus 90. And uh, we went through that exercise last year together, uh, us three, and so we can talk about what asceticism is and the practice of self-mortification and denying oneself, as Keone and Miko have been sharing with you, and our experience with it and, and how um, actually liberating and, um, it is to, to be free from a lot of these uh, inward desires and disordered passions. So, um, Meeks, why don't you start with um, your, your concept, your idea of self-sacrifice, maybe your experience with going through Exodus 90? The experience with Exodus 90 was brutal. That was uh, insane, but it was also, I mean, there's a period, I feel like, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but there's like stages. So you kind of get excited at first and you get, you know, you're like really pumped up and it feels really good. And then you're like, all right, well, I still have uh, 87 days after this. (laughs) (laughs) So you feel good initially. And you're like, okay, wait a second. I still got three more months. And so, I mean, it's a long journey, but I think what, I think I had never felt more free in my life than that time because of the disengagement from social media, from the outside world as a whole, from sweets. I mean, literally, you are cutting all ties you have to any sort of slavery, pleasure, anything. And it became what I talked about on True Faith Real Talk. It became, and, and on the, the last one too, is um, it became this walk that was so outside of me. And it was like I was in constant connection with God, honestly. And so another thing they require in Exodus is at least 20 minutes in the chapel every day of ex- examination of conscience. And so every day became like a true relationship, a true friendship with God. And, um, and just appeared like conversation almost where I got to the point of like, you know, I'm struggling with this and just help me out and, and kind of <clears throat> saw things through more clearly and, and saw that end goal through Exodus and, um, you know, I think it helps a lot, too, when you're going, when you're giving up so much stuff, you start to give some of those sufferings meanings as in, like, 
you know, dang, I really want this suite. I'm going to give it up for my girlfriend. Or, uh, I'm going to give it up for, uh, you know, Keone and, and Pops for, for this one. And so all those things you continually use and all those um, ties you're cutting just leads you to just a better freedom and you feel so much more at peace within your own self because you're not distracted by all this other things that's all the status and what looks cool. And they also say you're not supposed to buy anything unless you absolutely need it. And so you're just freeing yourself and it's just like almost going into, you know, nature and sitting in there except like a 90 day, uh, I don't know, Navy SEAL training <laughs> form of it. But no, yeah. it is, is. I think just to kind of give the viewers an understanding, put it into context, Exodus 90 is a 90 day spiritual journey, a spiritual exercises where you literally are giving up all social media. You don't do unnecessary texting, any technology that's not used for work. You do not use. Um, so you do, you, you know, Instagram goes away, Twitter, Snapchat, all of that goes away. Um, you're not watching any TV. You're not listening to any secular music. You're only supposed to listen to things that lift you up to God. You're not watching any sports events. You're, um, you're literally, uh, you're fasting Wednesdays and Fridays and you're abstaining from meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. No snacking between meals. Um, cold showers every day. I'm surprised you haven't brought that up yet, right? Cold <laughs> showers every single day. Um, cold showers and then go outside in 17 degrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah. So uh, what no, about, alcohol, no, no alcohol, no alcohol, no sweets, no sweets. sweets. Um, um, what else am I missing? I mean, there's, I feel like there's something more, but, oh, and then of course there's the spiritual piece. There's the stuff that you're giving up. That's the aestheticism piece. And then there's the spiritual piece of, you know, reading through Exodus mm-hmm. and, and, and obviously an hour of, of quiet time every day for God, 20 times or 20 minutes in the chapel. As Miko I think was confession saying. might have been weekly. Yeah. I think confession might have been weekly or, or bi-weekly. Freak, uh, frequent as you can get to daily mass. Um, I mean, there's yeah. so much to it, right? I mean, there's so, so much to it. But it actually, to your point, Miko, is it actually is a journey into the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the concept of us, when I talked to the executive director, James Baxter, on this, of like, hey, what's the goal of Exodus 90, really, um, you know, obviously from breaking from these things that you said, Miko, that we're so attached to, but really it's entering into silence because that is the one place you'll find God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that was key for us. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's interesting that you describe it. It was definitely a, it was brutal. For sure. Navy SEAL training yeah. for the spiritual ones. Mm-hmm. Kevin, how about you? How was your experience? I mean, it was it was super difficult because I remember um, the little changes I would make. I would wake up, right? And I'd have to say it was a Wednesday and I have to, I have one meal and I'm better save that meal. And because, you know, I eat like five meals a day. <laughs> so I got to save that meal and my, you know, I, you know, I have two snacks that don't equate to a meal, no meat. And it was, it was rough because I'd sit through class and my stomach's grumbling so I got to drink a bunch of water, but that means I got to pee every 10 seconds. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're just so uncomfortable, then you got to go to work. And then from work, you got to go to the gym. And then it's like, okay, now I'll have a power bar. And then after that, then I'll have dinner. And it was, it was really taxing. And then that's where you, that's where I was brought to the desert and saying, okay, now you see God. Are you able to trust him? And that's when your faith really gets tested and exposed, mm-hmm. um, when you're uncomfortable. And I remember I would go visit Michelle and Michelle and I would hang out and um, we can't watch any TV. So it's kind of like, you want to read a book or maybe take a walk outside, you know, but it really got us out of our comfort zone because what's so much easier. We sit down there, we watch a movie, we have dinner and go home. You know, that's, that's, that's easy. But then it was like, let's sit here and talk. Let's sit here and take a walk outside especially for me being a homebody. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, no, you need to go do something now. You know, go take a walk, go take a drive, go do something fun, go on a hike. 
And it, it was a lot for me to go outside of myself. And I think that's kind of what we're getting at with this, with the idea of sacrifice and the meaning of suffering is it's outside of yourself. And like you said, it's salvific that our sufferings have a um, saving power that we can suffer for the salvation of others. Mm-hmm. And I think we often forget that, that our suffering is just meaningless. It's just um, something that's impeding my lifestyle, something that is in the way, instead of saying, I get to suffer. Like what St. Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings mm-hmm. because what it does is not only bring us closer to God, but it helps other people see. Um, so I think Exodus 90 was a great way to strip us from all the distractions, everything that kept us in bondage and threw us into the desert and said, okay, are you going to trust God or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good experience for us. And a lot of those practices I try to keep, I mean, I'm bringing it back in for this Lent, except the cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah. So let's talk about, uh, and Meeks, you can start this one off. What are you doing? If we were to kind of give some practical examples, some suggestions to the listeners and viewers out there about sacrifice and, and the, how it can be meaningful and purposeful in your everyday life. What do you do? I think uh, a good one that I've, I've been trying to do lately is before class is just waking up like 10 minutes before you usually wake, wake up and just start off the day in prayer because I think that's huge because um, your first acknowledgement isn't like what's on uh, social media or in- Instagram. Your first acknowledgement is like where am I at with the Father? And um, I think that's a, a super key one. And that's, that's easy for everyone to do. Um, I mean, not everyone has a chapel in their dorm hall, like <laughs> we're out here, but, um, I mean, anyone could just, you know, get on your knees right next to your bed and, and do that. Not, you guys don't have to live with a roommate, so <laughs> that's probably the better, <laughs> we probably switch off there, but, um, but I think that's a super practical one and, and one that stuff that me and Karen talk about all the time is, um, just like not having ice in your water, like little things mm-hmm. that is just, um, acknowledgement outside of yourself for something greater than you. Um, and like the more you become mindful of these things, the more that when you're truly brought in, into temptation with sin, you could say no, because instead of being caught up in, you know, what do I feel like doing? What do I feel like doing your everyday routine. You're not really thinking outside of yourself, thinking outside of kind of your own, um, your own everyday schedule. When you say, when you can, you know, mindfully and say like, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to have ice with this meal. It's something super small. It's so much easier than remind yourself when, when a uh, real temptation hits, then you know what, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and skip this one out. But mm-hmm. when you're in that constant, you know, everyday motion. So I think it's just stuff that's, that's small. Mm-hmm. Like no one's asking you to, no one's asking you to uh, give yourself the Padre Pio hands or, or anything crazy or like, you know, put rocks in your shoes. I think it's just like, just little things that, that allow you to say yes and think out yourself, or think outside yourself so that mm-hmm. when those temptations come, you can be a lot more mindful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and offer it towards something. Right. I mean, I think it, it grows. Keone, I mentioned we grow in our relationship with God, but also with with others, with others, because we're learning to suffer with them and we're learning to um, meet them where they are and and actually step into the gap. Right. Step into the breach um, and and be a advocate and an intercessor in prayer, but also suffering along mm-hmm. with it. Keone, what about you? Well, I think just to kind of piggyback off that that point. What we're trying to do, and I mentioned it last episode, what we're trying to do is build a community. And I think that's something that's lacking um, in the Christian sphere is like a community where we can all grow in faith, hold each other accountable. And I think the beauty of starting off with little acts of self-denial is that we can offer it for our brothers and sisters in this community Mm -hmm. saying, maybe I'm okay right now, but maybe there's someone in our community who needs our prayers, who needs this 
act of denial. So if I'm like what Meeks was saying, you know, I won't put sriracha on my eggs and toast today for the person who needs it. Or I'm going to offer, um, you know, this fast. I'm going to give up breakfast for Miko if he has a test coming up, you know, and making that purposeful. And I think it brings a whole new meaning to that suffering because it gives it a purpose Mm -hmm. and it connects us to a greater sense of um, there's something outside of myself. And I think that's what Jesus said, you know, deny yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, what does that really mean? Like denying yourself. And I think that's what really brings us full fulfillment, you know, and saying like, I'm okay right now, but what I can do is offer it up for someone else. And it makes me uh, grow in not being so comfortable with being comfortable mm-hmm. um, and being able to, like when Meek says, when temptation does come, you've trained yourself yep. to where when you're so used to being comfortable and the temptation is always trying to make us comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's always trying to satisfy some urge. And when you practice saying no to those urges and you offer it up for someone outside of yourself, I think it gives it a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And when that, when you are faced with a real temptation, the devil's knocking on your door. Like he's, like we talked about in the beginning, he's anti-cross. He, he wants all comfort. He wants you to take the easy way out. When he offers you the shortcuts, like he did to Jesus in the desert, we're able to say, no, I've trained for this and I'm going to offer this up for someone else. So I think offering that as, you know, finding meaning in it for myself, um, something I like to do and Michelle and I have been doing it. It's, Offering up some sort of fasting for someone. Um, so whether that be for uh, Michelle and I as we prepare for marriage, whether it be for our family, whether it be for careers, if we're having doubts, if we need more guidance, if we're having a hard time lately at work, for beginning of school, whatever it is, we like to offer up something. And what I do is I like to um, start my day off with prayer, like Meeks was saying, and then say, Lord, guide me in what you want me to sacrifice today. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, as I go through the day and you'll know if you're really open, you'll know because you're saying, oh, I can't wait to have that mochi ice cream for dessert. And you're like, skirt. Nope. You're, are you going to give that up? You know, and whether, you know, you have those cravings to where, oh my gosh, ice water sounds perfect right now. <laughs> well, are you going to put, are you going to take the ice out? You know? And so it's offering up those, um, those little acts of self-denial um, to train yourself and to um, just do something that is for someone else mm-hmm. and to get outside of your comfort zone. Um, so I think it's like Meeks was saying, it starts in the little things. You know, it's not like, you know, you're not going and whipping yourself, but it's just little acts of self-mortification. And we talked about that in the last episode with working out, right? You know, you got to say no to this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to be a fitness person, you got to say no to this and this for some greater good. And what we do in this community, it's so much bigger than ourselves. Cause yeah, it's the greater good for myself, my soul, but it spreads to a community and I can offer my, my sacrifices for someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's something that fitness cannot do, you know? And that's, it's something that would save the souls. And um, so I think we need to bring that back into the community. Yeah. I would say that I know one real example. Um, I'm, I'm, I've added cold showers back into my asceticism period. So I've started that on January 13th. So this morning was, yeah, this morning was a rough one, but it was rough up until the point I said, you know what, we were, we had what, 400 people that we spoke to today Mm -hmm. and they needed that sacrifice. Absolutely needed that sacrifice. So it became bigger than me at that moment. Does it make it easier? Not in the physical sense, but definitely spiritually, mentally. Like I felt good about that decision to say, look, I just gotta, I can't do it for myself because the selfish me says, 
I don't want to do this. You comfort. Know? Like I want comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the sacrificing me says, no, there's people that need you. And I think another example, we, you know, we always take our, our family rosary Sunday petitions for the entire family. So we already have a list of things to pray for within our own family. So I think I just want to encourage all of the listeners and viewers out there to just start. Just as Miko and Keone are saying, just start with something. Start with the little things and build up. This mm-hmm. is the training ground for um, spiritual maturity, the training ground for spiritual endurance, mm-hmm. so that when you do face the major temptations, it's a trajectory of vice or virtue. Mm-hmm. So the trajectory of sin, if, you, if you're always giving into yourself in the little ways, having the, the chocolate, having the you know, three donuts, having the whatever, well, what happens when the big temptation, temptation jumps in your face? Mm-hmm. You're going to easily say yes to myself because I'm justified rather than going, no, I know how to say no to myself. And I know how to say no to myself on behalf of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Meeks, any parting words before we uh, let the people go? I think um, I, understanding that this is key to actually having freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom isn't um, removing obstacles of what you want to do. Freedom is being able to say no to yourself and no to things that um, are so, I guess, minuscule in the big, big uh, in the big scheme of things, and just. Um, having that knowledge and, and, and understanding the purpose behind this stuff and, and just, yeah, I guess seeing that, that side of it, like this, this is for my freedom. This is for me, uh, leaving slavery. This is, this is for something bigger than me. And, um, I think just remembering that piece and remembering that through this freedom is where you're going to find your fulfillment. It's not through, like I said in the last episode, it's not through indulging in whatever um, is hap- is, is, seems to make you happy at that moment in time for five seconds, mm-hmm. then you're over it. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me. Uh, for me, I read a book in college called Addiction and Virtue. And this is kind of bringing my own mental health experience in. And when you're trying to break away, so we're all, we all have our, you know, our, our sins that we struggle with. We all have the, the pull to be addicted to some sort of, sort of sin. And reading this book and kind of seeing how the mind works, addiction takes a toll on the brain. And it's one thing to do these sacrifices, which are great. And that's ridding you from the temptation. It's, it's training you. It's another thing to start growing in virtue. So when you're trying to get rid of vices, that's one thing. But you got to start building virtue at the same time. Or else the minute you stop, the vice comes back up. Because you haven't built new habits. You know? So that's like they're the example of someone who's an alcoholic. And saying, okay, you know, I'll just take all the alcohol out of the house. Well, that's great. You're saying no to yourself. But the minute someone gives you alcohol, what have you trained? You haven't trained any resistance. You haven't trained a new habit. You haven't done something in the meantime to prepare yourself. And over time, statistically, you will fall back. Um, so just when we're talking about you know, finding meaning in suffering and offering a sacrifice, the reason why we deny ourselves is so we can offer up something else, so we can start to pick up something else, we can grow in virtue in the meantime growing in holiness so that's kind of what i wanted to say well i just want to end on this note because it was a powerful testimony today we met uh, a lady today at the at the retreat that we were doing and um uh, just had has gone through a reversion in probably the last four years but she was talking about her battle with cancer she's cancer free right now she's still got some some treatment but she talked about her cancer is when she actually came to actually it was somebody else she saw suffering another relative that that cultivated in her a desire to to seek more and to do more about her faith and so that led to her seeking god and our catholic faith more well lo and behold she ends up going through cancer 
And through that suffering, she became more prayerful. She started praying rosaries more. Mm -hmm. um, and it's what brought her husband to his knees and caring for her and really basically almost losing her, the fear of losing her. And we were talking at one of the sidebars during one of the breaks where she said that that was God's preparation. That time of her seeing somebody else fight for their soul led to her own desire to say, I got to fight to save my soul. And that led to her training and building up what was needed spiritually, emotionally, and mentally so she can actually do battle with cancer, which for those of you who have experienced that, you know, my heart goes out to you because I couldn't even imagine. But then it led her husband to a deeper faith and led him to embrace the cross um, that he may have had to bear just even watching his own wife suffer. So that's a perfect testimony to somebody who understands the meaning of suffering. Mm -hmm. That you can look at it the opposite way and say, man, look at all this death and darkness. And yeah, that's a, welcome to the world of original sin, right? Mm -hmm. But that's a way that I guess would be a great way to actually end the segment is to say, look, all of us are going to suffer to some degree or another, some worse, some less. But in each of those moments of suffering, the ones that we don't choose and the ones that we specifically choose, we can conform that to the cross of Christ. And then we can conform that towards the salvation of souls and for the glory of God. And so mm -hmm. that would be my you know, message out there to each of the you know listeners as we end this segment of priest prophet king again as miko reminded us at the beginning please subscribe comment like join us on youtube find us on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play um spotify wherever it is come and find us on all of our social media handles and let us know what you want to hear let us know what examples and what topics that you want to discuss and until then be blessed and get holy or die trying <laughs>